You are listening to Open Mic Spotlight with Heatherly Holt. Open Mic Spotlight is a weekly podcast featuring intimate conversations and performances with musicians and artists from Chattanooga and the surrounding areas. Take a closer look at all the wonderful talent and culture the Chattanooga music scene has to offer. Thank you for listening to this podcast. The goal is to promote the wonderful talent we have in this beautiful city in an effort to boost the musical economy. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating or a review. We love feedback. Also, please subscribe on the iTunes podcast app or at www.openmicspotlight.com.
to another episode of Open Mic Spotlight. I am your host, Heather Lee Holt, and today is very exciting because we have Manatee Commune here. Hello. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? Good. And that is his music moniker. <laughs> yeah, my real name is Grant Edie. And you are from Washington? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm actually from Spokane, Washington, which is on the east side, but I currently live in Seattle area. And you played a show here last night, Mm -hmm. a house show turned roots rated rooftop show. (laughs) Yeah. And it was great. Oh my God. It was such a blast. Yeah. Yeah, I was not Um, expecting how much fun that was going to be. Christy and Mark from Roots Rated basically put the whole thing together and it was a beautiful night about, you know, 50, 60 people and there was beer provided from Bitter Alibi and... The music was killer, and everyone was dancing and having a blast, which is so fun. It was incredible. I was not expecting the dance moves that everybody was throwing down last night. It was really, really good. I was blown away Mm. because I love to dance, and so usually, you know how it is. Usually you get your two or three dancers, and then the rest kind of hang like 10 feet back and just watch them and enjoy the music. That was not last night at all, no. No. They got into it, which is because of you. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. I want to induce the goofy dancing, and it Mm -hmm. seemed like everybody was into it, so that's good. So what you're hearing today is a stripped-down version of what he does all the time. And do you want to talk a little bit about what you usually do and how you incorporate other instruments? Yeah, totally. Usually I play violin or viola, depending on like whatever I have in the situation, and some drums as well, and guitar. But unfortunately, I'm on tour with just my little Honda Civic, so I can't really do my full synth and guitar and all that stuff. So I just have my viola and my drums with me. But for this like little stripped down set, I kind of just wanted to make it pretty and easy. So I just am sitting here with my laptop and like a little MPD, which it works most of the time. I don't want to do this most of the time just because it ends up being kind of a DJ set minus like a few like looping things. But yeah, I really like incorporating instruments. That's like my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so last night you incorporated some toms and viola and... The other thing I usually do is build my own visuals for like projections and stuff. So you did those? Yeah. I actually had a conversation with someone last night and I was assuming a designer did them because they're so good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I built those myself. It was kind of a pain in the butt, but whatever kind of aesthetic I'm kind of trying to go for. One of my favorite things to do is to take oil paints and soap and put them all together in like a dish and put the SLR camera under a magnifying glass and like take a bunch of video and then edit that all together and premiere one of my songs. And then I have this program that I wrote with my friend that is tied together with Ableton so that as I'm launching clips or mixing the song together, it also works with the visuals. So it's all consistent. Though my laptop is from 2013, so I would say it works 80% of the time. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm a very laptop-heavy musician, but it's fun. Yeah, and your screen is huge. How big is your screen? Oh, that's a really good question. I think it's 14 feet wide. Mm-hmm. That was a great purchase. Just Amazon, 300 bucks. So and cool. it adds so much to what you're doing. Yeah, it's completely changed how I make music, having visuals and stuff. Especially being like only one person, it helps a lot to have that. And also, everybody's kind of used to the whole lighting backdrop thing, but I have an aesthetic that I really wanted to create. It allows me to be a visual artist as well as a musician yeah it's not completely digital which yeah most people can't really say yeah yeah totally which is really good it's been interesting trying to mix in like all these instruments and stuff again i'd say it works 80 percent of the time but 
I've definitely had a few shows where just bad live mix engineers and stuff like that, where they put the tracks like way in the back and my, my toms are like way too loud and people are like, that was great. But like, I didn't hear any of the music. I just heard you banging around on drums for a little while. So, mm. but it's, it's fun. Yeah. I totally. have a blast. So you started on viola. Mm-hmm. Well, I started violin when I was eight years old and then I wanted to be different. So I started playing viola. Mm-hmm. And it's different still, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> and when did you start experimenting with other instruments and electronic music? My music teacher in middle school had an old electric guitar that was just like sitting in the corner. And I used to go and sit in her classroom and eat lunch. And so I started playing electric guitar in there just to kind of like noodling around. And I really fell in love with it and she let me take it home. And then my parents heard me noodling around on it for, you know, months. And so that Christmas, they bought me an electric guitar. And that was kind of when I was really getting into songwriting and stuff. Because I was getting into playing guitar and stuff and writing my own music, doing covers and stuff, I made an indie band with some friends of mine called Soccer Mom. It was awesome. It was so fun. And we did that between like high school and a little bit into college. You know, I was in love with playing in orchestra and I was going to school for music education and and then playing in this band, and then I wanted to do recording and all that jazz, so I started getting into engineering. And then, of course, that led to making laptop music, and then it was just like a short little jump to making electronic music. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it also came from the fact that I'm an absurd perfectionist, and so it's really nice to have a grid versus, you know... Accompaniment that you can count on? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be the one to say it, but yes, that is completely accurate. I mean, it's it's one thing to be like, okay, maybe, you know, that bass line needs to be a little bit funkier versus telling the bassist in the corner who's been stoned for the last seven days. You're like, hey, man, can you get your life together so we can write some music? You know? Hey, man, we've been playing this song for four months. Do you not know the chords yet? There's only three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> totally. You're just playing the roots, man. Like, focus. It's okay. Put down the PBR and play the right stuff. So that's why I got into making electronic music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's how I got into making electronic music was yeah. anger. <laughs> so you went to school for music. Yeah. What school did you go to? I went to Western Washington University, which is in Bellingham, Washington. Okay. Yeah. And you studied music education? Yes. And did you get all the way through? No, actually. I ended up not finishing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got um, I got kind of addicted to this project, and then I took got, off from there. You got into music education, and then you're like, got a little sidetracked, and then you started doing the audio... Engineering. Engineering. Did you get a degree in that? Yeah. That one I went through like a little... It's kind of like a college, but it's it's called Fairhaven. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't have a degree in that one because it's a, like a choose-your-own-major sort of thing. You studied it a yeah, little bit. Definitely. I feel like with audio engineering, it's more about your ear and having a skill and a knack for it and figuring it out on totally. your own, like everything else. Mm-hmm. And the program probably got you started. Yeah, absolutely. Then- That's exactly what happened. I got interested in it, and then I applied for the program and then went through a little bit of it. And then I fell in love with the whole area and I just ended up doing it a lot in my room. So and it's really good. I would think that it's probably a little bit to appease because here you are in a school getting a music education degree and then all of a sudden you're not and your family's probably like, you're doing what? <laughs> yeah, no, it's very true. My parents have been really supportive, surprisingly, yeah. despite the fact that they were... When I decided to start doing the music thing, they were... Um, oh, what's the right word? I guess... Perplexed? Yes. Mm-hmm. That is actually a really good word to describe it but they were supportive I think both of them had always wanted to kind of follow their dreams in that sense and I like to think that maybe they're vicariously living through me through Mm -hmm. this whole thing 
I mean, you should see the texts I got from my parents while I'm out on this tour. You know, they're always checking my Instagram and they're like, oh, it looks like you're having so much fun. There's so many dogs wherever you are. And I'm like, I know. I <laughs> I keep staying with places where there's lots of animals. So yeah. it's been really cool. That is amazing. Mm. It's awesome to have supportive family members. Oh, my God. It's huge. Yeah. It's funny. I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. It seems like a lot of the musicians I know, it's either they got into music because their parents are like, do it. Or they got into music because their parents are like, never do that. Mm -hmm. You know? So it's both ways. Everybody I've met, especially on this tour that I'm on right now, it's, I mean, everybody just has the kind of parents that are like, we want you to live your dream. Do what you need to do. That's more the way things are going these days, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Maybe than 10 years ago yeah yeah i feel like the way the whole society is looking at college in general like yeah. when i when i was coming out you went to college everybody was going to college right you didn't. nowadays you have entrepreneurs and you have things that people do that it wouldn't really make sense for them to go to college and that's okay that's the buzz totally i mean my entire friend group is like that back home well, not my entire friend group, but like some friends of mine who just decided to start doing their own thing. And it definitely makes sense that they're not doing school because there's no program for what they want to do. The only program that exists is something just watching YouTube tutorials, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm curious about what's going to happen with that whole thing. I imagine I'll probably go back to school again and get my degree eventually. But I think it'll be in something completely unrelated with music. I want to pioneer my own thing. I just always think about that Miles Davis quote, which is learn everything and then forget it all. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to not learn everything first. I'm just trying to forget it all right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to like do something fresh. And I feel like when I have done the school thing, it's just kind of muddled with my creativity. But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people who would hear me say that and be like, you're totally wrong. You need to learn more. But I'm having fun. So that's all that matters, I guess. Let's do another song. Okay, cool. This is a remix that is unreleased, but it's fine. You can release it. Nobody's really heard it, so I hope it's okay.
messed up in the middle, but that's okay. It's so good, though. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you like it. I feel like a lot of the themes you use are kind of Asian-y. Oh, that's interesting. I've gotten that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't actually know where that comes from, where that inspiration comes from. Yeah. I mean, I do love... Pentatonic-y. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of my music theory knowledge comes from pentatonic kind of stuff. That's kind of always what I end up writing in, but it also just gives me like, warm feelings yeah. whenever I'm making music. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. I mean, all my melodies are like that. It's so funny. I, I was talking about this with somebody the other day is that I end up using the same intervals all the time mm-hmm. for all of my melodies and I always feel terrible about it. It's kind of, you know, you working out your style and your sound. Totally. Hopefully it doesn't stay like that forever, but it's one of those things. It's so funny whenever I'm trying to work out a melody and I'm like, oh yeah, that's it. And I'm like, oh dang it. I've used all of these notes before. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's just part of becoming an artist and mm-hmm. part of learning how to write music and all that jazz. I completely agree. So before you came over, I watched your Tiny Desk performance. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was a couple of years ago. And basically, it looks like you're in an office or a, a room a room with like a bookshelf and a desk because it's the Tiny Desk concert. And then piece by piece just gets removed. And then there's like a curtain or whatever that gets removed behind you. Yeah. It opens up to this beautiful sunny day where you're in front of a big lake. It's actually the ocean. It's the, the ocean. Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's killer. Thanks, dude. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. That was a really fun little project we threw together. Do you want to talk about putting that together? Yeah, for sure. So that was the first little Tiny Desk thing that NPR ever did. So this was a couple of years ago. I mean, I'm sure most people know the premise, which is that you play a show, but you have to do it in front of a desk. So we wanted to do something that would kind of stand out because being an electronic musician and the fact that I don't have a ton of instrumentation when I play, we wanted to do something that was more than just a guy in a room. So my manager, Austin, and like a few friends and I kind of threw together this idea of just grabbing a bunch of stuff and going up to, there's this place called the Samish Lookout, which is right next to where I live in in Washington. It is such a beautiful place. It's one of the jump off points for like paragliders. One of the craziest things about it is if you're standing up there and on a clear day, like it was that day, is you can see Mount Rainier, which is 200 miles south. So you can see the curvature of the earth because it's so huge. So yeah, we kind of like threw all that together very last minute. We got up there at probably like 7 a.m. We did it in four takes. Yeah, it was simple, but it was perfect at the same time. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, it was really fun. God, it was so fun. I hope to do something like that again. That was a really ambitious little thing we did. A friend of mine had a van that had just an electrical outlet. Everybody just plugged in, and luckily I brought a bunch of strong boys with me, and, and we made that happen. The, one of the hardest parts about it was that <laughs> the shelf that we had all the stuff on was extremely heavy. Like, mm-hmm. it was really heavy. It probably weighed, like, 300 pounds or something like that. It was ridiculous. And so I felt really bad. We had these two dudes who had to lift it eight times because we did the you know shot so many times. That was really cool. And then it ended up getting featured. And then I got that. Yeah, you were one of the 10 that got picked to be featured. Yeah, which was really cool. And then I I had an interview with NPR and one of the scariest moments of my life, sitting in a little studio waiting for the call. And I was still learning how to even hold myself as a person at the time. How old were you then? I was 21 then. Okay. Man, it was so long ago. It feels like it wasn't that long ago, but I guess it was a while ago. Do you think that's what sparked the whole movement of everything? Yeah, absolutely. And I've had a lot of people tell me that was like the moment that the tides kind of started to turn. And I had wanted to take this project seriously, but that was kind of the moment where I was like, okay, I really do need to take this seriously. And then that's when I went on my first little short tour down through California was just a few months after that. 
that was crazy that that little video that we kind of pieced together in just a few days ended up becoming such a huge and important part of my career and a great resume piece, a really great thing to be able to look back on and show people, oh, NPR said I'm cool, so. I mean, that just goes to show that it's the little things. You could have easily been like, nah, we don't need to do this. Yeah. But you did it, and it turned out really cool. Totally. And you moved the bookshelf eight times, and then great things started happening. Yeah. It's so cool. It's awesome. Yeah. The best thing I learned from all that is just to not say no. I mean, especially as an artist. And to always be enthusiastic when you're in an awkward situation or like an awkward show or something like that. To never be the like, oh, the show is going to be terrible. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to not even care about it or whatever. I've realized that, especially after that whole thing, to just kind of always be on, to just always do my best, to always give it my all because the smallest interaction can end up becoming a huge, huge deal. Or the step that gets you yeah. to the step, that's a huge deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's so weird. I've been trying to piece that all together, especially being out on the road for like almost a month now. It's There's so many like serendipitous things that have happened. I'm not a religious person, but I might be by the end of this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do another song.
Where'd those vocals come from? That is from Phoebe Starr. She's an Australian vocalist. She's incredible. Yeah, that was a song she did, and I remixed it. It's one of my favorite remixes. I love playing that one out. I love yelling the lyrics at people. For my love, for my love. Oh, oh. <laughs> Which is really fun. Yeah, that was a good one. I like that one a lot. Thank you. Okay, when you're not doing music and making art visuals for your music <laughs> yeah. and promoting your music and, you know, touring, which mm-hmm. is all the time. What's something cool about you? When you're at home, in your hometown, <laughs> with your old school friends. I mean, the truth is, is we drink a lot of wine and play a lot of board games and eat a lot of food. I really, really love cooking. I really love cooking so much. I cannot even tell you. I think in the future, if I can, it would be really cool to grow this project, make an okay amount of money with it, and then probably open a restaurant or something like that. Of course, it's always way more work than just, I'm going to open a restaurant. Mm -hmm. But I really, really do love doing that. Something cool about me, I guess I would say I'm pretty good at ice skating. I can do an okay axle, you know? Really? Yeah. Is that something that you've been doing since you were little? So it's just... Yeah. There was a pond next to my house growing up, and it would freeze over, and it was always just... So like a natural skating rink. Yeah, totally. And so it was just like an addiction I had when I was a kid. Well, wow. basically still until now. I mean, like whenever I get a chance, I do go ice skating. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, down here, all we know is pretty much the man-made around <laughs> Christmas time. Yeah, of that's course. That's super small. A million people on it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Everyone falling all over the place because no one knows how to do it. I mean, <laughs> if you could just picture it, it's quite hilarious. Uh, sounds incredible. Have a afternoon laugh by going and watching for five minutes. <laughs> it's the best thing ever. <laughs> But you just go outside and there you have yeah. a ice skating rink. Oh, it's amazing. And it's huge. It's the size of like a little park. I would be alone out there. A lot of inspiration for me with artwork are those really nice moments by yourself where you're experiencing something really beautiful, but you're completely alone and you don't really have anybody to share it with. So you kind of like log it away in your brain. It's like, okay, I'm going to find a way to share this with everybody at some point in my life later. Mm. I love backpacking for that same reason. The like staring up at the stars completely by yourself, air on your face. When you're by yourself, it's easier to just be completely immersed in it because you're not worried about anyone else or what they're thinking or feeling. You're just completely in the moment. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm an only child. That's how I spent most of my time growing up was by myself. The music thing has been really interesting that way because I think it all came from those really special moments when I don't have to stress out about how other people feel about the situation. Also playing with Legos when I was a kid. I get the same feeling making music that I did playing with Legos. When Piecing I was... it all together. Yeah, exactly. You you have all these... Making something. Yeah, totally. The only difference is that you can make some pretty bad stuff with music, but you, you can't really make anything bad with Legos, so... <laughs> well, let's do another song. So the vocals on this one are by this girl named Maria Massa. She sings on my sets quite a bit, especially when I'm back home. I would love to have her out for these things all the time, but it's a huge commitment to come out on tour like this. She's incredible. And we wrote this song together almost a year ago. It's called The Garden Song.
beautiful voice. I know. It's unbelievable. So I end every show with asking you to give advice to fellow musicians and the doers out there doing it. I'm always kind of afraid to give advice because I feel like every day I end up realizing that I contradict myself. But the best advice that I always give people when they're asking about how do you move forward? Like, how do you get tours? How do you get a manager? How do you like find agents and stuff? I just always say your passion comes first. If you truly love the music that you're making or the artwork that you're making or the food that you're making or like whatever it is that you're making. And I don't know, I can see it in people and artists when they truly love what they're doing. And that's what people enjoy. And that's what people fall in love with. If you are passionate about what you're doing and you really, really, really believe in what it is that you're doing, then you're going to go far, whether you really want to take it to that point or not. People just love being around other people that are excited about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And that's just the truth of it. Also, like, don't do too many drugs, I would say. (laughs) All in moderation, you know. (laughs) And you're staying at the En Route House tonight. Yes. And last night. And they're so gracious. Can I give a plug for them really quick? Yeah, I would love that. Because I I really, really love them. Cody and Lizzie, they are the sweetest people I've ever met Mm -hmm. in my entire life. On top of that, despite the fact that they're really cool and I really like them, it's the best hostel I've ever stayed in. And I really have stayed in a lot of hostels. The bunks are super cozy. The bathrooms are insanely clean. Everything is like immaculate. Roots of a Rebellion said the same thing. They were saying how comfy the mattresses were. Oh my God, it's insane. (laughs) I tried to stay awake last night because I was going to call my mom. I got in the bed and I was waiting for my phone to charge. And then I woke up and it was like 11 a.m. And I was like, dang it. That's the vibe that you get there. You just want to like hang out. You want to relax. In Root House Hostel. Yes. Stay there forever. That's great. And my experience in Chattanooga has been amazing. And not just because of the internet. Yeah. And you're a lover of nature. And we have some beautiful nature around here. Unbelievable. Yeah. Just the drive here was Mm -hmm. really good. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Heather. I, I had a blast. It's so fun. This episode was mixed by Tro Mix That. For all your industry quality recording and mixing needs, visit TroMixThat.com. T-R-O-M-I-X-E-D-T-H-A-T.com.